Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Podcast with me, Ricky Locke, the podcast that is part of my adventure to understand and unlock how to be the best version of ourselves and to create an extraordinary and magical life. I'm talking to amazing humans from around the world to truly understand what does it take to make a success of ourselves and be the best version of ourselves. And today, the amazing and great friend of mine, Kat Hayes from Imaginif, joins me for a conversation to understand how can we generate great ideas and be more creative. And Kat certainly knows her stuff. Not only is she a great friend, but she absolutely is so knowledgeable in this field. And you're going to learn so many top tips and simple ideas, such as reverse brainstorming, which on 32 years of my life, I've never even heard of reverse brainstorming. And it's such a simple idea that's now helped me understand, maybe I can apply that into my business. So this episode is packed full of great tips, but if you are someone that lacks a bit of creativity or struggles to come up with ideas, then this is the episode for you. Now, before I start, a big thank you, as always, to the wonderful patrons of this podcast. Thank you, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, Anthony Howe, and Rory Barnes for your continued support. If you do love this episode and you would love to support to get some juicy backstage content, early access and one-to-ones with me every single month, from as little as £1 a month, you can join the Patreon. Head to the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com forward slash the Unlock podcast. And without further ado, enjoy this amazing episode with Kat Hayes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unlocked. Today, I have a very special guest and a great friend, Kat Hayes from Imagine If. Hello, Kat. How are you? Hey, Ricky. I'm great. Thank you. Good to see you, Kat. This was flawless, wasn't it? Our first time doing this, but welcome to the show. (laughs) I hope you are well. Are you having a great week so far? Yeah, lovely week. Having a bit of time off as well in between the work, which is really nice. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. I'm really looking forward to this because we've met probably, what, about four or five months ago, maybe? I think it was mm-hmm. back in April in the Professional Speaking Association. And I love the work that you do. So without further ado, I'm not going to say more about it, but we're going to have a good conversation about this, how to get great ideas or how to get good ideas and what can we do to be more creative. But firstly, tell the listeners, who are you and what do you do? As Ricky said, I am Kat Hayes from Imagine If. I'm a creativity coach who helps trainers and facilitators and coaches to design activities and workshops and programs that are full of fun and play and engagement. They get people enjoying themselves and actually learning as a result rather than like forced learning. Um, And part of that process is all about having great ideas. Fantastic. And uh, for, for anyone that if you if you're watching this, then you'll see and you can't you can't if you're hearing this, but just behind Kat, there's loads of really cool creative stuff on the walls there. So I think this is gonna be a really fun conversation. But if I'm right, if I've done my research correctly, Kat, this hasn't always been the plan. I believe you were an organization lead. Is that correct? Yep. Organizational development lead in the NHS. Ah, so what happened? What was the transition between that going into what you're doing now and helping trainers and coaches to generate ideas and make learning fun? How did that happen? Um, I took the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy. I felt like I needed a change. There were some parts of my job that I absolutely loved and some parts that I really did not, as I'm sure many people who have left the corporate world understand. Um, And when I left, I hadn't always dreamed of having my own business, but it got to a point where I thought, hmm, maybe I should. Maybe this is my chance to create something that doesn't exist yet. So I essentially like took all the bits that I really loved and what I was really good at and turned that into a business, Mm. um, which is where I am now. 
Yeah, so if I'm right, I think if I've heard this correctly from another podcast, you designed something um, probably in the, in the ending of that career. Was it like a deck of cards or some sort of um, playful design that then led to where people said, you, you need to go do this full time? What, what was that? Um, yeah, I went on a business retreat um, when I was in a bit of, I guess I was in the second year of my business, I think, 18 months in or something like that. And I was having a bit of a, it's not quite in the right shape yet. Something's missing. I've got these two different sides, both of which are quite good, but it's really difficult to have two completely different things. Uh, So yeah, I went on a retreat. We all got a chance to do a little demo of what we do. So I just designed an activity. I was like, and there's something about, I just designed something in my head and I'm like, let's just run with it. So I did this little activity and everybody loved it. I had so much fun. Um, learned loads about each other and someone came up to me after that and said absolutely you should be doing this full time drop the other thing oh, we need more of this is that the same one that you was at with jazz then yes oh right oh, ah, so that's the this is the full connection now, isn't it coming around in a circle wow hello jazz if you're listening we love you jazz <laughs> um oh wow okay so fantastic so um, and, and so you've got like a series of products as well. So we are going to touch into this whole idea of how to get to good ideas and what you actually mm-hmm. do to help people. But you have a series of products as well, I believe, like different digital products and physical products as well. Yep. Yeah. So tell us about those. So I guess I've got services and products. So the services are like helping people to do stuff. And then the products are, I have digital activities and games that people can buy and just plug into their own workshops. Um all designed as a result of like my journey, I guess, and how you can easily find stuff on the internet or in books, but it only gives you part of the story. You then have to go and figure it out and make the files and make the slides and figure out what handouts you need. Mm. So my, the idea of my products is you get all of that. So you literally plug and play. Um, And then yeah, I've got some physical products, which are card decks. One is called playing with strengths, which helps people work out, their strengths which we might come on to later yeah um and another one is called the gratitude challenge which um helps people express gratitude for different things in their lives rather than doing the same old list three things and you say my house my family yeah my job yeah Um, and so it kind of expands people's thinking around that and both those card decks were collaborations with other people so like it was really nice to like blend our thoughts into doing that yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, card decks, and I know we've got a mutual friend with Scott Leeper, mm-hmm. and obviously Bev and Kate both have a set of cards as well. I, I used to actually use a set of cards by Bev and Kate in the sessions that I used to teach when I was a national trainer, and I love this idea of making it a lot more of a fun conversation and having this playful idea. So rather than when we were just talking about the values and the behaviours we wanted to create in our culture, rather than just going, right, tell us what your behaviours are, we would use the card decks to facilitate that and make it fun, because I know that you have this big passion for making things fun and, and playful. So so yeah. tell us about this idea because I know that all over your website you have this big mission about making things fun and creating these wonderful ideas and wonderful facilitation workshops with play. So what's the idea of play? How does that connect with creativity? I, it, it's If you think about like when you're a kid and you would literally just play all the time, but if you think about it, you were learning all the time as well. Like you mm. climb a tree and you're understanding how to move your body or where to put your foot or not put your foot or how to, which branches you shouldn't touch. Um, 
or you get given a piece of paper and a pen and you just like scribble away and actually suddenly it turns into a pattern or whatever. Like that's just playing, but you're learning as you go. And I think that we don't do that enough as we grow up. You kind of get to a point where even like even going to school, it's like sit there and the teacher talks to you. And like, you just have to sit there and listen as opposed to let's experience it together and see what it means to you and what it means in your world. And I think that's even more important as adults. We're no longer all doing the same thing in the classroom. We have to relate that back to our jobs and our lives. And by being able to play, it allows people to be curious so they can be like, oh, what does this mean to me? Or what does it mean to the people I work with? How does that relate? Yeah, it allows them to explore and be creative themselves and have their own thoughts rather than here is the answer. And then it leads to really great conversations within like the group who are doing it, where they share their learning and get even more realizations from what other people are sharing. And I just think that that's the best way to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think it was Scott Leaper that once said it to me as like, uh, as kids, you, you know, you're taught to be creative and play and draw and paint and f- stuff on the walls and that kind of thing. And then as soon as you go to school, you're given like a, a lined piece of paper and you're told to stay within the lines. Yeah. And then that kind of creativity and playfulness just gets sucked out. Mm-hmm. And almost to a point, especially in a corporate world, I've experienced it where to be you or to be that authentic side of you is kind of stripped out. These are the values that we have here. This is how you act around here in this workplace. You know, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. Well, why? Why do we have to lose that kind of, you know, passion and that authenticity about ourselves? But I guess that's what leads to people failing to generate ideas, that lack of play, I guess. Yeah, lack of play. Or like you say, like, I kind of see it like a lid being put on a box. Yeah. Like we, or I mean, from my own experience, I've, worked in places where they say we we want you to have ideas and bring them to us and as soon as you do they just say no that won't work yeah so the more you often you hear no that won't work the more you just think well why bother i'll just stop thinking yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's an interesting thing isn't it yeah because i think the hierarchical chain then goes in doesn't it and depending on the big size of the company or whatever size of it is it has to go up the rank and i i think when i think about my experiences where you are, if you're just a normal colleague in store, maybe in a retail environment, you're not seen as important, you know, so that idea is never listened to, you know, but I do remember actually near the end of the career, we had one of the CEOs that did this thing called like Ask Helen. So if you mm-hmm. had an idea, you could talk about it. And actually eventually near the end of the career, people's ideas from the shop floor were some of the best, because I remember when people would come in like um, CEOs and directors to have a look and see what the, their new idea looked like and how it landed. And we would be telling them it just doesn't work. And they're like, oh, right, why not? And it's because you're not experiencing it like we are you yeah. know, from from the get-go. Um, but I love this idea of this. So I want to explore this idea with you because I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are uh, SMEs. We've got different size business owners. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in a rut. You know, that definition of madness or insanity is doing the same things over and expecting different results. But sometimes I think we struggle to be creative. And I'm sure I hear it a lot. I'm sure you get it a lot. I'm not creative. Yeah. I can't do that. Why is that? Why do people have that kind of fixed mindset saying that I'm not creative? Because if I'm right, if I've done my research correctly, 
the software is already there in your brain, in the right side of your brain. That's where we have those creative sides. Um, it's there, isn't it, to be explored, but just people have that fixed mind saying, I'm not creative. So what do you do when people say to you, I'm not creative? I, I think going back slightly before I answer that question, I think a lot of people say I'm not creative and in their heads, they're thinking, I can't draw, I can't do poetry, I can't play music. But to me, creativity isn't just like the doing of those things. Mm. This is the other side of it, creative thinking. So ideas come from creative thinking. Problem solving is creative thinking. Um, and I think a lot of people can do that really well, but the label of creative makes them think of being an artist. Yeah. And so I think people get stuck because of that. Yeah. And I think if we can unblock that, people will realize that they, that creativity has like so many different sides to it. Yeah. It's a label, isn't it? That people are attaching on themselves, but no one's really putting it on them. It's just yourself putting it on them. You can mm -hmm. take it off. Yeah. It's interesting when you said about problem solving, there's a great story by, um, it's Richard Branson, the way Virgin Atlantic was created was because he was stuck in an airport and um, he had no way of, he was stranded in this airport. I think his flight had been cancelled. So because of the connections that he has, he was able to charter a flight. And then all of the, the passengers that were in the airport with him, he just charged them a ticket and they paid for it. And uh, he went, well, maybe I can do something with this. And then <laughs> boom, Virgin Atlantic was created. So I guess there's, if we, if we strip it right down, then the, the first starting of this maybe is, is the problem. So what is the problem and, and how do we explore that? Would that be right? Yeah. When it comes to ideas, you usually are starting with a problem or a spark of some kind. Yeah. So what would be the next step for people then who, you know, uh, who want to get a bit more creative, they want to generate these great ideas. What, what would you say to them? If someone says, you like, I really need to start thinking about this. I've got a couple of things I'm working on. I don't know where it's going. What can I do? What do you technically, without kind of revealing your whole business so that people <laughs> get it for free, but what do you technically help people do? I help them through three stages when it comes to ideas. So the first is generating ideas. Right. So actually having lots of ideas that you can just dump down and not worry about whether everyone's a winner. Yeah. So one of the things I talk about is like no idea is a bad idea because every idea can spark another idea. Just because you think actually that's rubbish, that, that, that'll never work, doesn't mean there isn't a little tiny thing in it that might make you think, oh, but I could do this with it. Yeah. Um, so that's one, like have lots of ideas and treat them kindly. Like don't reject them. So going back to that, like when you say, oh, I've got this idea and people say, no, that won't work. Actually accept everything as a possibility rather than a no at this stage. Um, and then like you can get to a point of developing your ideas. So pick the best ones, the ones that light you up the most. Yeah. And grow those. So how could they be better, bigger, simpler like how could they combine with one of the other ideas so that you actually start to turn them into something else right okay and then the third stage is about structuring them so when you've got your kind of this is what I do want to do and maybe it's about coming up with the actions and figuring out how you make that idea real and bring it to life rather than it just sitting as a idea on a shelf yeah and, and from what I've heard and the research I've done, those sessions that you run like that, people can generate. I think um, the podcast that you was on previously, uh, it was uh, like 160 ideas came out of that session. Yeah. Which is just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So I run um, an idea buster. It's a one hour 
idea generation session. And I think one of the things that makes them so useful at coming up with so many ideas is that it's two people. Mm. It's not just me saying to you, Ricky, what are your ideas? And just coaching the ideas out of you. When I talk about coaching, it's like being in it with you. Yeah, I'll give you ideas as well. And you might say an idea and I'll be like, oh, what about, could you also do this? And I might say something and you'd be like, oh, that makes me think of doing this. So there's that like bouncing off each other is what makes you be able to have so many in such a short space of time. Well, there's two questions here I'm thinking about here, which makes me think, is there a connection here as well about being creative with the type of atmosphere that you're in? So to, to kind of give you an example of this, uh, I used to drive around the country relentlessly, you know, uh, going all over the country and I'd put podcasts on and the unconscious part of my brain would kick in. I'd be driving. I'm not telling my brain to do this and gear stick there and left foot down and all that. It just happened. But I found that some of my best ideas would be in those long travel drives home. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the pandemic last year and I'm not driving, I'm sitting there in my dining room. I just had no, I, I couldn't do it because that atmosphere had created. So is there a connection here? The first question I want to ask you is, is there a connection between the atmosphere that you can create to generate these ideas do you have to be in like a like with other people like you said or do you can you do it solo or what is it is there a connection there with the atmosphere or the experience I, I think it can be any of those things so I think you can do it on your own you can absolutely do it with other people you can sit at your desk that you sit at every day and do it or you could go to a coffee shop I think it's about what feels right for you at the time and just because I can brainstorm at my desk today doesn't mean that I wouldn't rather do it whilst I'm going for a walk tomorrow. Yeah. And I think there's something about taking the pressure off of it having to be a certain way and just go with what feels right. I like that. And and that, what you just said, the pressure of doing it a certain way, I think I've experienced this myself and I'm sure people out there do. There must be some sort of connection here to, uh, you know, the measure of success or what we see. Uh, you know, with uh, social society and Facebook and social media, what other people doing that I might have a really great idea, but because no one else does it, I think, oh no, it's not going to land. Why would I do that? So I guess, do you see a lot of ideas disappear because of self-confidence? Um, it's an interesting question. <laughs> I think the people I work with, once they have an idea that they really like, they do something with it. Hmm. But it doesn't mean they do something with all of the ideas they've got. Yeah. Um, and there's a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She talks about ideas that float around and someone will pick it up and be like, this is a great idea. I should do this. And then never does anything with it. Yes. And then maybe it will be let, let go of and someone else will pick it up and they'll actually do something with it. Yes. So I think there's yeah. also something about like you might have a great idea. And you might love it one day, but do you know what? If in three months' time it doesn't float your boat, let it go. Let someone else mm. grab hold of it and do something with it. Because yeah. another idea will come to you that does work. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I For me, I think I've had it where I thought of a really cool idea of doing something, but then I think the imposter syndrome kicks in and go, oh, no, who, who would want to do that or who'd want to buy that or listen to that or watch that and do that so it just kind of fades away but it feels so great in the moment but it just never gets explored and mm. I think that's the thing for me it's like oh why can't I why, why don't I just proceed with it 
That's so, a whole other issue yeah. there around mindset, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, really key, I think, isn't it, to the environment that you create and where you do it. So for me, um, I go out in the car now, which is great. And that's where I get a lot of my ideas. Um, and I pull over safely. Um, but my, my notes app on my phone is just cluttered with random things uh, mm-hmm. and information. But yeah, um, I like that. So, okay, so let's talk about this then. So we've got this idea of um, there's, there's a problem, you have to think about it, and the sessions that you do, you're helping people. What are some of your top techniques to help people start to get creative with generating ideas? So uh, my, one of my favorites is obviously Post-it Notes, but we did an innovation sprint a couple of years ago. Have you ever done one of those before? No. Oh, it's amazing. So uh, I did this with Bev and Kate. Uh, clear thinking an innovation sprint is like eight stages and it's time so it's called a sprint so you have like three or four hours and there's like key eight stages so the first one would be to generate some ideas post-it notes the second thing is that you share and collaborate the third is that you try and test it and the fourth is you pitch it and all that and by the end of it you go blimey i've actually got what i need to do but right at the start there you're just thinking what on earth am i going to do and it's just amazing that that's that's one of my favorite techniques but what's one of your favorite techniques that you like to do to help people generate those wonderful ideas i think one of the techniques that i find i don't know if i'd say it's my favorite but i would say it's a useful one to share can okay. i go down that route instead yeah yeah sure yeah um is called inverse brainstorming okay reverse nice. brainstorming so I mean, you can imagine this um, being in the corporate world where everyone's feeling a bit negative and like that'll never work. So you can actually say, let's imagine you need to design a new website. You can do the opposite. So you can say, we need to design a new website. What are all the things that would make it rubbish? And you actually start Uh brainstorming. Well, you know, if you had to do 20 clicks to find that document you really need urgently or if it was... um, gray writing on black and nobody could read it so you actually write down all the negative side of things like that Um, and then you flip you pick like which are the most important pieces and then you flip it into okay so what does the positive of that look like and that can become your almost like your specification list so Ah, i think that's yeah i think that's a really useful technique yeah for if people are feeling a bit down But also I've used it for things like when I first set up my business, I used that for how do I make sure invoices get paid properly? Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing with customer journey. Yeah. Yeah. And what what do I not want it to look like? Well, I don't want to be chasing every week and I don't want to, I don't know, have it all on a spreadsheet or which actually I did to start with. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you can kind of think of the, the things that would make it a real pain in the ass for yeah. both you and your customers and then you can turn it over and say okay well what does that look like on the other side then yeah because um, we've all had those experiences of crap service crap yeah. you know experiences so i like that so that's really good because i think that's where i'm thinking now some of the ideas where i'm thinking in the past we're trying to think of the um the actual solution you know like the actual answer but because we're always thinking of that that's difficult but if you think of it and put it in that negative or in the spin of what would make this really bad that's where your ideas come out. Yeah. So I'm thinking about some of the customer journeys I've planned in the past and think about, oh yeah, actually wouldn't it be terrible if it like took two weeks to get back to someone? That's yeah. not good. So what can you do to make that process? I like that. That's really cool. That's very good. I've never heard of that. What's it called again? Uh, reverse brainstorming. Reverse brainstorming. I like that. Very good. Nice one. Okay. Any other techniques that you like as well without obviously revealing all of your magic and all that? I'm uh... <laughs> 
I'm totally with you on the post-it notes. Yeah. Like whether they're physical or online. So I use Miro. Yes. Um, there is something about just being able to capture lots of little things on post-it notes and like throw them at, on, on a wall and then yeah. start structuring them or stripping out the good ones or figuring out where they group together and like kind of playing with them that way. Yes. Yeah. That, that's one of my favourite things. And I, I used to always do it with physical copies because there is something, a bit like we were talking about cards earlier, there is something about touching it. Um, yes, yeah. But I have started using Miro um, because it's doesn't involve a load of waste at the end of the day, does it? It's true, it's true, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a connection here to VARC, isn't there? Um, the VARC method. You, you know the VARC, V-A-R-K yeah. method? Yeah. Because um, even if I think about this, for example, as a podcast, in terms of learning, if it was uh, something like this that people want to learn from, you've got the audio side. Now, if someone's not an audible or an audio listener, they might want to see the visual. So having the video will really help them out. Or maybe if not, they want to read it. It could be a great blog. And I, I think that's really cool. So thinking about the, the different things now, I'm now starting to think about ideas of maybe sessions that I'm going to run in the future. How do I apply that principle so that all of the learning is still fun, it's playful, but it actually mirrors and aligns with all of those different methods. It's visual, it's audio, it's you know, a bit of reading and it's kinesthetic because that's the thing we've, we've kind of missed, haven't we? We're all on Zoom. There's no hands-on anymore, is there, yeah. doing that stuff? So what can you do to make that playful mm-hmm. and fun? I'm even thinking now about thinking, oh, if I did a session, maybe I'll post something out to someone. So yeah, they, and got I've it got previously. Yeah, I've got clients who use the playing with strengths cards in that way. So they'll do a coaching session, but they'll order a deck and send it to them. Yeah, so that their client has them there physically to touch and play with whilst they're on yeah. Zoom having their session. It also, I think, the other good thing that does is it, it takes away the intensity of staring someone in the eyes on Zoom because actually <laughs> you're told don't look at Zoom, look at the cards, and look at the table in front of you. And actually, it's like it it takes a barrier down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and also like the attention is like between 15 to 20 minutes online. That's when people start to lose interest. So uh, mixing up with those different activities can make that really fun. Mm. I like that. So, okay, so to just recap a little bit of this, I love this idea of about um, probably some messages to explore a little bit more of our playful side. A bit Mm. like kids, let's revisit that, make it fun, make it interactive, be like children again, because that's where some of the best ideas come from. Um, And then start to problem solve it with some great activities. Uh, And you've gave us a technique here about reverse was it reverse brainstorming? Inverse? Yep. Reverse, yep. sorry. Reverse brainstorming, which I absolutely love. I'm definitely going to be doing that. Love that. So I guess then, um, moving forward, what would you say to anyone who is still out there listening to this going, I'm just not creative. I just can't um, generate ideas. What would you say to them? What is the most simplest thing that they could do to start getting more creative and generating great ideas? Just start. Like, get over the fear of the blank sheet write some ideas down, even if you think they're not good, just put them on there. So then you don't have a blank sheet anymore and you can just start growing that. And you you don't even have to sit down and do that in a 15 minute session and get everything done. You could put a sheet on the wall and just pop a thing up every time you walk past, like take the pressure off, I think is the biggest thing. Um, And just make a start. Like The other thing you can do with that is almost do like a warm up idea activity so if what you actually need to do is to have loads of ideas of content for social media 
and you're you feel like you've got like a brain freeze maybe just do a very quick five minute brainstorm of ideas of things you might do at the weekend Uh, yeah like so that your brain starts firing up ideas and then you can switch over to right now let's go into this now my brain's warmed up great yeah i like that yeah you're warming your warming the engine up in your brain to start getting ready and i guess as well if if all failing that a segue here to um the the toy box and the play Mm -hmm. dates so tell us a little bit about the play dates and the toy box thing that you offer because that can also help other people generate great ideas um, in their business so what is that so play dates are like one-to-one sessions with me where I work with you to generate ideas or design activities. Um, quite a lot of people who use the Idea Buster um, use it for not activities, not workshop stuff, but they just want help with ideas on social media content or uh, business development, like ideas of things, they products they could develop or stuff like that. So I work with business owners on that, not necessarily trainers and facilitators. Yeah. Um, and then the other play dates are designing workshops or courses, which involves ideas, designing things together, kind of working through, you know, like when you're designing something on your own, you're like, does this work? Does that make sense? Yeah. Is 20 minutes enough? Will people actually enjoy this? Will <laughs> they learn from it? Like actually having someone on the other side to help work that stuff through with just people find really helpful. So having so I'm basically like a team member for hire yeah. type thing. Um, and then the toy box is pre-made activities you can buy and plug and play into workshops. So brilliant. To kind of take away some of that pressure, basically. Yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you. And um, is it right if we put a link in the show notes for everyone so they can yeah, find absolutely. more? Like oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, Kat, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I'm I'm a massive fan of standing out from the crowd and I always try to, you know, generate ideas that could be different to everyone else. I've always been as yeah, a kid, unique. I never wanted to be, yeah, that, that could be a word. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I've always <laughs> wanted to do, you know, different things. I never wanted to kind of be the sheep, you know, I wanted to stand out from the crowd. And um, I, I find that some of the best ideas are when I'm driving in the shower, I'm going to generate some mm-hmm. sort of, it's probably out there already, I think, but I think there's an invention we could create like a, a, a board, like a white board that doesn't, rub off in the water you know yeah, in the shower totally with you uh, i love that i think that's fantastic um but anyway yeah thank you so much it's been a real pleasure but before i finish uh, as i've asked every single guest in this season my whole journey at the minute is this idea about how to inspire and empower people to be the best version of themselves and i love the idea of this i think creativity and you know generating ideas will really help that uh, and also it's about creating magical experiences so my question to you is what is your top tip to inspire people to be the best version of themselves? For me, it is about people figuring out what is that thing that they can do better and easier than anyone else. Like that thing that you don't even realize is a superpower. Yeah. And finding out how you can do more of that. So having ideas is an example of mine. Like, the fact that someone can say, have you got any ideas for whatever? And I fire a load off. I didn't realize that was a, a thing that I could do and be paid for. Yeah. So it's finding that like real sweet spot and then finding out how you can make more use of that to be the best you. Love that. Thank you. And last question, what can we do to make a difference this year? Oh, I think we just need to have more fun this year, to be honest, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. I high five you there. Absolutely agree. 
Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Where can people find out more about you uh, or how can they learn all these ideas about Toy Box and uh, Idea Busters? Where can they find you? Well, I've got a website, which is imagineif.ltd or come and hang out with me on LinkedIn because that is where I share lots of ideas and love engaging with people on there. So find me there. I am the only cat haste, so that makes it easy to find me. <laughs> Fantastic. Kat, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on to the show. Have a Thank great you, day. Thank Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you did enjoy this episode, then please head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a little review because it helps get this podcast shared to more people around the world. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And I will join you on another episode of Unlocked. Goodbye.